It's the Alex cast for Wednesday, March 15th. Uh, apologies for missing the show yesterday. The day just kind of got away from me and wasn't able to sit down and get to part two of the Silicon Valley Bank explainer. So remember where we left off on Monday, uh, we just did kind of a high level of you know how banks make money and a little bit of a hit as to what was happening with SVB uh, and over the weekend. Um, what I want to dig into a little bit further today is kind of how uh, Silicon Valley Bank actually got to where they got and how quickly it happened. So uh, banks in the U.S. are generally rated based on the number or the size of the bank itself in deposits or money that they have uh, on hand. And if you look at where Silicon Valley Bank sits in the uh, range of banks in the U.S., they were the 16th largest by uh, deposit figures. So they, uh, at the time of their collapse, had <clears throat> approximately 200 and so billion dollars of deposits on hand. And the largest banks in the U.S., uh, like your J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibanks, uh, those types, um, they're in the several trillions of dollars of, uh, of deposits that they have uh, on their balance sheets. So um, interesting that there just weren't that big in a kind of uh, relative sense. Of course, absolute numbers, $200 billion is a lot of, mo- uh, a lot of money. And uh, one of the things that happened with Silicon Valley Bank over the last couple of years, uh, right before the pandemic, they had maybe about $40 billion deposits on hand. And you can see from just the, the growth in the amount of deposits that they got a huge influx of cash. One important thing to note about their customer base, uh, as the name might imply, a lot of uh, startups and uh, tech companies, not just in California, of course, uh, would bank at, at uh, SVB. And what they saw in the last uh, couple of years and the uh, kind of uh, ramping up of, of tech companies around uh, the start of the pandemic uh, was that they got a huge influx of cash, capital investment, uh, private investment, things of this nature. And so when a company takes a big uh, investment round, either from an IPO or from just uh, private equity, things like that, they got to put that money somewhere. And the somewhere that a lot of them put it was in SVB's uh, balance sheets. So the bank was uh, faced with a huge influx of deposits. And when you're a bank and you have that kind of situation, you got to do something with that money. And what was happening with the, the bank when they were taking that money in is they just started making a bunch of purchases of longer dated treasury bonds. So things that wouldn't expire for, say, 20 or 30 years. Uh, and the time that they were doing that was still in like the 2020, 2021 era. Uh, once again, before the Federal Reserve started raising interest rates. So all those balance or those bonds that they had on their balance sheets were uh, really not making all that much money. Um, and the other thing, the countervailing force that we have been seeing with the uh, increase in interest rates is a lot of these companies, the tech companies that were getting a bunch of investment, they were no longer getting additional rounds of investment because uh, interest rates were going so high and they weren't able to take out loans. So um, there was a kind of very quick uh, pullback in the markets as a consequence of the uh, increase interest rates and what we were seeing from the banks, uh, the customers of Silicon Valley Bank was uh, a reluctance to continue to grow their balance sheets, and so the bank was, you know, stuck with all of this longer dated Treasury uh, bonds. And one of the things that started happening to SVB very quickly was there was a little bit of like a whisper campaign uh, amongst a bunch of their clients to start to pull money out of the bank because there was concerns about their solvency. And this kind of started happening really, really quick. Um, One of the things that we uh, have in this modern era uh, that was very different than even like 2010 was that it's very easy to kind of move money at the speed of Twitter instead of like the speed of needing to go to a bank and talk to a banker and and have stuff removed. 
So one of the uh, uh, Silicon Valley private equity folks, uh, Mark Andreessen and Peter Thiel, uh, these folks, uh, actually Peter Thiel more so, was uh, kind of encouraging a bunch of the startups to take their money out of SVB. And what happens with some of these startups is that they have such large bank accounts at SVB, like in the hundreds of millions of dollars, that once you start to get that run on uh, the uh, bank's balance sheets, then it becomes a really, really difficult thing to stop. So he was encouraging, and a couple of other, the uh, private equity folks were getting nervous about SVB, and they were encouraging people to start taking their money out just to play it safe. And of course, the FDIC insurance uh, levels are only $250,000, which again, only that's a, lot, that's a lot of money. But if you're a company that needs to make payroll, needs to uh, pay for goods or services or, or other things, you generally have a lot more than 250 grand on your balance sheet or in your, your bank account. And if uh, you don't have that money anymore, you can only get access to even to 250K of it, you're really going to be in a tough spot. So people basically started to panic and they started to pull this money out really quick. Uh, I think on Thursday they saw an, an outflow uh, of about $40 billion of those $200 billion on their balance sheet. And you can imagine that when you lose that much money out of your uh, your bank accounts um, from all your, your clients, you really have to start to go into scramble mode. And uh, they did a really poor job at messaging to the public that you know everything was okay, you don't need to be doing this. Um, but there really is only so much that you can do to get people to, to stop uh, accessing and requesting the money that is you know, rightfully theirs. So that's kind of what we saw happen. And it was alarming how quickly it happened and how quickly news of this and uh, you know, encouraging other businesses that bank at SVB to do it like just kind of came together. It just really happened in a matter of two days, which is something that was just unparalleled in the modern banking system. Um, and just this is all the, the signs of a classic bank run. And it was sort of a bummer that it was happening so quickly and that it put a lot of people who didn't uh, get there soon enough into difficult positions. But of course, uh, what we saw over the weekend was that the Federal Reserve, Treasury, and the FDIC stepped in and said that uh, all of the deposits on hand were being uh, covered by the insurance um, because they declared uh, SVB to be a systemically important institution and that uh, gave them extra powers to be able to cover that. So one of the things that were kind of gravitating to, towards now on the political front with this is that there's a little bit of like a, is this a bailout or is this not a bailout sort of um, conversation happening? Uh, of course, in a perfect world, this conversation would be academic and would have some good outcomes and we could all have a reasonable argument about it, but we're not in that world. So there's a little bit of a back and forth as to like, who's at fault for this? And is this a bailout that, uh, you know, the administration is just giving money away to rich tech folks? Um, so on one hand, uh, you could sort of see this as a bailout if you want to squint at it hard enough, because you are basically saying to all the depositors that like, yeah, uh, ignore the FDIC limits, like the 250 grand. Basically, if you had any money in there, we're going to we're going to back you up. On the other hand, you know, the FDIC exists for a reason. It's there to uh, generate a level of trust in the banks from individual depositors. But it was never really envisioned to be a, a institution that was there to back up like unlimited amounts of money uh, on the part of businesses that might be having money into those banks. Um, but you know, then again, like nobody ever expected like a pretty well capitalized bank just to to evaporate that quickly. So um, you know, it's 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 this weird situation for the FDIC, the Treasury, and the Fed where uh, it's sort of a bailout, but sort of not. And though the taxpayers won't be facing any direct costs from this 
uh, bailout, uh, there is an argument to be made that all of us who are users of the banking system will indirectly face the costs of this because we, uh, by uh, patronizing the banks and paying the fees and things that they charge, we're sort of indirectly paying into the uh, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's uh, insurance uh, fund. So um, it's it's unfortunately not going to be an argument uh, and discussion that's going to be held in a lot of good faith on the part of a lot of politicians. But there is something to be said about the rules and regulations that were put in during the uh, Dodd or during the uh, last financial crisis, part of the Dodd Frank Act. Um, that is probably a good topic for a uh, conversation tomorrow, and how those uh, limits were uh, relaxed in the Trump years. And if those limits weren't relaxed, then the bank might not have fallen this quickly or at all. Um, so probably a, a thing for tomorrow. Um, that's just a quick recap of uh, what uh, what came of uh, SVB. So really important thing to note there. They went from very small, relatively small base to tons of money in the uh, COVID crisis. Um, and a lot of the tech companies were uh, much more invested in. And when you know you get that much outflow that quickly in the matter of like two days, uh, it's really, really hard for any bank in that position to have prepared for it. So um, that being said, we'll touch more on the Dodd-Frank Act tomorrow in the background there. Uh, in Cat Reports news today, we had a very, very interesting Cat Reports uh, situation to to, uh, to give you an update on. Uh, so earlier this morning, uh, Stitch and Sammy were uh, having a fight. Um, Sammy, if you don't know, is of the chonk variety. So she's very cat-sacky, a lot of cat there. And they were fighting, and there's a little mini cat tower behind me where uh, Sammy sort of jumped up on the edge of it, didn't able to get herself pulled up onto it. And because she is so chonky, it slowly fell over and knocked her to the floor, knocked the cat tower to the floor. And of course, I watched the whole thing because I saw them fighting and wanted to watch. Uh, so it was really sad that uh, this tiny chonk cat uh, was able to pull down this cat tower, uh, not on purpose, I presume and uh, then run away. Uh, so really, really fun thing to watch. I wish I had a video, but of course I was too enthralled with this to uh, really watch other than that. So uh, we will leave you with that and uh, catch you tomorrow.